For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, the musical tribute to Prince continues. Sometimes it snows in April. My only response to that song, with all due respect to the musical legend, is sometimes it snows <laughs> here every April, doesn't it? Well, especially when you're shooting for a record, Brian, and it feels like it snows quite often. Memo to Mother Nature. We don't have to shoot for that record no more. We got it. You can shut it off now. Yeah, not only did we have it, Brian, we blew the doors off it. Now we're like four inches up on it. Yeah, record schmeckered. We're the Johnny <laughs> Vandermeers of winter. Yeah, that's right. Hey, let's talk about our sponsors real quick, Brian. Um, you know, our, our newest sponsor uh, is our heating, ventilation, and cooling sponsor, our HVAC uh, sponsor, Krause Heating and Cooling. Uh, Family-owned since 1982, uh, you can go there with any, uh, you know, ventilation need at all, whether it's heating or cooling. Uh, they do carry carrier. Um, which, you know, it's, that's a pretty good line, the carrier carrier. Right. Um, if they weren't using that, I think we just gave it to them. Uh, and so if you have any needs like that, like, you know, Dane and I are talking about air exchangers and things, uh, you know, give give uh, Krause a call and follow that up with another place to learn a little bit about HVAC and installing that stuff, and that's Construct Tomorrow on Wednesday at 4.30 uh, at the deck where you can learn all about construction careers and talk to the contractors that are there. Uh, the Incline Station, Famous Dave's, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Kohler Hyundai and Kohler Toyota, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, The Blackwoods Group, Avenue 45, Justin May, who we just talked to from Messina and Associates, uh, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, OER Holdings, Hoops Brewing, and Arola Architecture Studio. And Arola Architecture Studio is the OG, the original sponsor. He brings us drawing lines each and every week. Drawing lines this week starts our number two and it stems right off of what we just asked Justin May about. Frankly, I asked him because I just wanted another opinion to get in there. Drawing Lines is going to be about this winter slash spring, which has basically been one of the same, has been awful for Minnesota State High School spring athletes. Baseball, softball, golf, you name it. Lacrosse, you haven't been out there able to do much. Your season is shrinking by the day. So I saw a tweet, and I'm not going to name who tweeted it because I don't want the State High School League to get after him if it's considered a bad idea. But it made me at least ponder the idea. Somebody tweeted locally, tell me again why spring sports, and they basically listed the ones I did, aren't played in the fall here. And there may be reasons why, but there may be reasons to consider why not. So that's what we're going to draw lines on today. We started to with Justin May as well. Yeah, I, th I think the one thing we have to be careful for, Brian, is this is the, uh, the annual uh, or the, the all-time snow-leading uh, um, winter. Right. right. And so it's easy to look when things are crazy and say, well, we can never do this. Yeah, let's change everything because one time was horrific. But the comeback is conversations with dad about baseball in Silver Bay when he was a kid. And it was like, forget about it. We didn't play baseball. We played it in the summer. Well, and I think there's a lot to that because before I got involved with St. Scholastica baseball along with you, how many years did they say we didn't play a home game because we couldn't? We're dangerously close to saying that this year. And I know we're talking about prep teams, but it resonates with college athletes mm -hmm. as well. So I don't know if a universal change needs to be made, but I don't want to get the NCAA involved. On the surface, <laughs> this sounded you good. Pay somebody to do it because you look at you know high school golf teams. You you can't get near a course right now. Baseball teams they can play some indoor games in certain spots, but not everywhere. And all of them will tell you that practicing in a gym sucks by comparison. So on the surface, it it looks good. I I wouldn't mind 
you know, late August having prep baseball and, and being able to actually see it? And would you consider, because UMD just had their spring football game in nothing spring-like, but how many football games have you seen in that type of weather? Could you shift football to right now and baseball, softball, et cetera, to August, September? On the surface, it looks like yes, but Justin may hit a good point because multi-sport athletes would be faced with yet another tough decision. And some people could shrug their shoulders and go, you know what? Life's about choices. It's never too early to learn. I also said, well, the other thing you're going to run into is the start of the season looks awesome. You're going to have to play your state baseball tournament inside U.S. Bank Stadium or something because if you're going to end it in November, you're going to run into the start of winter rather than the elongated end. You know what? UMD and Scholastica are missing the opportunity. A dome. Name, image, and likeness. You could, On you a could go support a uh, you could go support a snow a snow removal company or something. So I mean, there's some options here too. Brian. Some really positive things. Here's a question: uh, If you move baseball and football, right? Because those are kind of the two we're talking about. We haven't right. even mentioned soccer, right? Because soccer would be you know whether you want to soccer do it. would have a tough time, but yes. don't tell that to the loons who played their home opener in ridiculous weather or or a few years ago when they played Costa Rica or whoever right. it was up here in minus, that's an ultimate advantage twenty seven. You're bringing Costa Rica um, up here for that, but but I think that the the question is going to be you know at what point then if you're if you're a serious baseball player or a serious football player if you're a serious football player and you've moved your high school season to the spring. Now, all of a sudden, you've got college questions. Are you wanting to play in the spring for injury reasons? You know, you've got, you've got, so, because of college ain't moving it to the summer, right? right? Or to the spring. So now you're going to have college, back-to-back seasons. And does college struggle to recruit then? Because when do you announce your recruiting classes? Because you're not watching. You'd have more time to watch because you're not in your own season, but you're announcing your recruiting class two months before you're playing. And since we're not changing it in the entire country, we're just changing it in Minnesota. Now, how does that impact the recruiting of those kids? Right. Right. So the other two sides to this coin that has so many to me is this. Could you move sports that are played indoors that are played in the fall to spring to make room? Because I think you could. I would have no problem announcing prep volleyball right now versus in a gym in August, September, October. Fine. Swimming is different because gender wise, and please don't get me on that word, but gender wise, you know, the boys play in one season, the girls play in another. Tennis, same thing. Boys play one season, girls play in another. Could you group them together and solve a problem at all? Now, there are high school coaches out there listening, probably screaming at their radios, yes. who know, way more than we do. Yep. But at least on the surface, it looks worth something to explore. Yeah, the, one of the questions I've always had is, could you combine a cross-country team with a track and field team if you, if you moved it? Right? Could you could you have that whole co- uh, combination of a team and s- maybe save a little money if you're right. if you're a school? But I I think that the one that does come to mind though is is soccer because on the plus you would maybe be able to have some soccer players who want to play football but because it's played at the same time can't right. Um, but the others, I mean, there's so many kids now from other sports that play soccer. For many different reasons. Agreed. The the 3D component is is one that I keep hearing more and more about. I mean, if you move them away from football, does that give you an additional um, talent pool right. uh, for football? Because you can't I, – I can't imagine playing uh, soccer and baseball at the same point because they're such different sports. So maybe Minnesota football kicking games would improve because you'd have more soccer players available. But I think just like so many other things at the State High School League debates, I think of the shot clock for one – I think you'll get different ends of the argument from different sizes of school. Because if you're a Moundsview, if you're a Champlain, if you're a YZ, if you're Eden Prairie, and you got thousands upon thousands of kids, 
you might shrug your shoulders and go, we'll be okay because we've got a lot of kids that do the one sport thing. We've championed Hermantown yeah. and Denfeld and even East to some extent, but obviously more so in the smaller schools in this area. How many times have we championed their multi-sport efforts? You look at, you know, we know that hockey and football aren't going to overlap because if they did, Mike Zagelmeyer and Pat Andrews would struggle to put teams together because yeah. they'd yeah. have to make choices. But, you know, there are some players that play in the fall and in the spring. And if you group them all of a sudden, somebody's not only making a tough choice, but there might be schools that would have to abandon a program because of numbers. So here's two sports that we don't talk uh, a ton about that may or may not benefit from this. And I'm wondering what happens to a game like lacrosse. Right. I mean, lacrosse is an up and coming sport. And so where would you put that? Right. Do you com- who does it compete against? And then we've, we've talked for years and you said to me today, Proctor has one. What if you're going to include men's volleyball? Like yeah. if, if you're going to move let the boys volleyball, play volleyball to the spring, yep, let them both well play. then yeah, perfect time to throw a men's volleyball uh, team out there as well. So, I mean, it really, it really is messy and the teams are, the sports are set where they are for a reason, but yeah, this, this off or this spring has been, and you know, what's going to happen. We're going to go from this to a hundred degrees and we're all going to wish, where was this two weeks? Well, and during the COVID year when nobody could do anything, I remember that was the nicest stretch of weather this area's had in ages and nobody yes. could do anything with it, but it still does beg the question. And I'm sure coaches out there have the easy answer and I just don't know it, but you look at soccer, boys and girls are same season. Hockey, boys and girls the same season. Basketball, boys and girls the same season. Why aren't they in swimming? Why aren't they in tennis? And could they be and would that help? I think that is a completely different argument, one that I think makes a lot of sense to have. But if you're shifting sports around by season, could you make room by doing that? You bet. And I think the other question that maybe nobody thinks about is this. Would something like baseball or softball benefit in a completely different way? And this is way off topic, if you will, a major intangible, but we've always said, you know, you think about when Duluth Marshall won a state baseball tournament yeah. and when, you know, multiple teams were in the state softball tournament last year, school was over. So those seniors that yeah. technically graduated and what have you, if you shift that and you're playing a state tournament with school actually going, do you get better fan atmosphere and involvement? But then does the team that moves, does, does state football get attended by nobody? But you could argue it already does because they put it on Thanksgiving weekend. What about homecoming? What sport is homecoming related to them? You could have that argument forever, though, because the other fall sports could be mad that they don't get the same attention no, football I, does. I agree, but it's been football forever. So that, I mean, and, and there may not be a, a huge component to it, but it, it would come in conversation. So I think the question is this, just to close out drawing lines, courtesy of a role architecture studio, this turned out to be a lot more fun than I imagined. So I'm going to have to thank the person that tweeted it, even though I'm not going to name them. Would you do it or wouldn't you? Because we've talked about, this is why you should, this is why you shouldn't. If it was feasible, do you do it or not? I don't know what the word feasible means in our argument. I would not. I wouldn't either. I can't say if it ain't broke, don't fix it because the spring seasons are broke per se, but they've been broken here forever. It's just part of what we've anticipated. Forever. I wish we had budgets to put indoor facilities available for everyone. That's the answer, but wow, it's an expensive one. Yeah, that is that is a spendy answer to to the to the sports that have always been spring sports and everything else as far as sports in in our region and whether it be high school or youth or college are all set up that way. So we change them all. Absolutely. So messing with the Minnesota State High School League sports calendar would certainly be a gamble. You know what else is a gamble every year? The NFL draft. The NFL could be a gamble. Right, Jameson Williams? Stick around. I'll be right back. <laughs> Our music. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Musical tribute to Prince continues. It's been tough to remember to pot down the music today because right. I like so yep, much yep. of the Prince music that I just let it go. That one was Kiss. And by the way, if you want to entertain yourself, both in a good and bad way, YouTube, Tom Jones doing this one. It's, <laughs> it's a little different than the Tom Jones you're used to, and I prefer this one. I'll just say that. Yeah, I get, I get that, Brian. It's a little, bit different, uh, a little bit different genre when you have the crooner doing it, 100%. It's not unusual, but it really was. Nice. I like that. Hey, Brian, let's quick talk about our sponsors, all right? Aurora Architecture Studio, the original that kept us going during the COVID that you were talking about a minute ago. Hoops Brewing, we had a chance to talk to Dave. OER Holding Sammy's Pizza. Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Justin May, who we just spoke to from Messina and Associates, Avenue 45, The Blackwoods Group, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, Famous Dave's, Krauss Heating and Cooling, and then finally, our last, the last time you're going to hear me talk about it, uh, Construct Tomorrow, our event uh, opening up the careers in the construction trades uh, happens on the 26th from 4.30 to 6.30, Come on down, see what a career in the trades looks like. Uh, this is a great opportunity. You'll have the contractors and everybody there. Head on down on the 26th, down at the deck, free parking. Come and see what your future might hold. Now, I know you have a lot to do with that event, and I don't want a long answer yes. here, but when you said it's on Wednesday the 26th, did you do that on purpose? Because nobody loves the NFL draft more than you yes. amongst the folks that I know. I know that happens to start the next day. Yes, 100%. That's how I know when it's happening, Brian. All right, so let's go right into Dave Cook's wheelhouse topic that is the NFL draft, but we need some help. And our NFL expert is maybe the Minnesota NFL expert. Paul Allen is back again. There is nobody better. I appreciate him being available today. Good morning, my friend, and welcome back. Hey, what's up, boys? And uh, with the uh, with the Prince music and um, with a slight topic change, uh, the uh, the song for me would be Nothing Compares to You. And, and that would be what the Wild did last night because I don't know if they can play better. And schematically speaking, you know, being at that game and just watching the Dallas's head spin because they can't get any space. I mean, that that was really impressive last night. So nothing compared to the Wild last night. I love that. So let's start there. We'll get to the draft eventually. We'll let Dave stroke his shoulders till we get there. He'll he'll, he'll, he'll live, I promise. But do you have any do you have any good prognostications for Sunday? Because yesterday, with all due respect to the fine folks at TBS and their programming that we can joke about later. You did make a prediction with Felino scoring, and it rang true. What do you got for Sunday? How about that? Uh, the the um, yeah, I'm chatting with Marcus Felino on the radio show yesterday, and then the the spirit moved me to uh, to guarantee a goal, and then and then he bid into it because it was his daughter's fifth birthday. So he said, "Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna score tonight." Then he did. So that uh, that was kind of cool for Sunday. Uh, well, I mean, it's obviously the newest, biggest game of the series, and you know, with uh, with the the way the ice tilted in Game Two, and it was just an onslaught of uh, Dallas star positivity. I don't see that happening in in any of the games of the X. You know, I just think the games of the X are going to be more controlled the way the Wild want them to to be controlled. So. 
you know, certainly you know, not, not to put the wild in the winter circle like a cinch, but nevertheless, the way that thing was played last night was different than any of the first two games. I mean, it was really, really suffocating. So if they stay structurally sound like that, that kid Faber continues to play the way he's playing, you know, and the intimidation factor is is better at home than it would be on the road. I don't see why they can't win again on Sunday. PA, let's cross the river for a second and figure out what's going on with the Timberwolves. What, in from your point of view, that? being close to it, what what is going on? The wheels seem to be falling off. Well, the, I mean the 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 go bear cat thing just doesn't work. And you know, I've I've you know when when it's been either you guys or or listeners, you know, who will chime in with our segments and and they'll have these short term grandiose opinions. I'm not a big fan of that. So, so I'm not, you know, it's out of character for me to say it doesn't work and we're about to just finish the first season. Um, and I guess, you know, obviously we're going to have to give it another off season to see what they can do to make this thing coexist, but it, it just, it clogs offense. It, it, it seems like it lacks a leadership component. And, and, you know, when you got, when you got two guys on your team getting all the money in Rudy and in Carl, and, and the question I guess would be, cause I'm not in the locker room is inherently, are they born leaders? Well, the, the way Gobert handled his composure, um, in, in quite honestly, embarrassing fashion, that that's not a leadership trait. And, and Carl Anthony Towns is gifted and he's big, but I don't think anybody's going to call him a Jimmy Butler like leader. So, so really, I mean, this is, you know, not breaking news here or anything, boys, but right. I mean, when you got the two, the two guys getting the most money and neither one of them are the leaders of the team, that that's a big, big, big problem. Absolutely. It is. So the Timberwolves took a gamble with the Gobert acquisition and so far they've lost. Speaking of gambling and losing, ladies and gentlemen, the Detroit Lions, how did that news grab you yesterday? Because Jameson Williams will forever that? be a name in Minnesota lore because of the trade that was. This is just weird for Detroit. A friend of mine texted me, hey, the Lions figured out that they might be division frontrunners and couldn't wait to bleep things up. How much of a black mark on this team does it put this early? Well, this uh, this Alabama kid, you know, that uh, the Lions got when, when Quasi traded back last year, I mean, he can't get out of his own way. I mean, you know, there's an ACL, and then it takes longer to return than they thought, whether they want to concede it or not. Uh, you know, I, I think it was a month, month and a half late from, from what they originally thought when they made the trade. And, and then now this with James, with, uh, with Williams, but um, you know, the interesting thing here that, that I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm really, really trying to wrap my mind around is I understand what's happening with these teams. And you got some year long suspensions to uh, Quintez Cephas, a, a Wisconsin wide receiver and, and this cat from Washington, nobody's ever heard of. And, and so, so obviously that, that has the intonation that there was some form of, of, of a football bet or something, you know, that, that originated, that A, it originated, and B, it originated, you know, within the boundaries of, of the National Football League. Okay, so I understand that. But now if somebody like Fam, FanDuel, Betway, DraftKings, Lloyds of London, Ladbroke, what, what, whatever around the world wants to pump in $8 million to the National Football League for advertising, would they take it? Because if you take it, and, and you recognize what already is here in several states, legalized gambling, and, and then you take that advertising money, yet you admonish and, and you, you penalize the individuals within your covenant the way they do, I completely understand 
why that would happen because the the intonation that somebody would have inside information thus giving them an edge you know when league, when when sports betting goes legal in every single state well the, the the sport the sports league specifically the NFL are going to have to be incredibly concerned about those making bets inside that have inside information with injuries and things like that okay so this so that always has to be there but it just seems like you're coming out of the other side of your mouth taking all this uh, advertising revenue from gambling uh, entities while penalizing those for doing it. So I, I think they got to work their way through that a little bit, quite honestly. I think they do too. Just ask Kelvin Ridley. But I want to talk a little bit about the draft. Obviously, what the Vikings could do is full of unpredictability, but I feel like this entire draft is. Can you remember a draft in recent history that we don't know perhaps anything about the top three, four picks? It used to be, well, I'll tune in eventually. We know who's going one. We probably know who's going two. And let's go from there. I'm not sure what we know this time around. Well, Carolina will take Bryce Young first. So I, I think you can put that one in with Sharpie. Um, the, the Houston Texans, you know, it's, it's with Davis Mills as their quarterback and just whoever they have in their stable, that, that's not going to win you a lot of games. So, therefore, that's going to make Houston taking a quarterback, you know, rather prohibitively favored. But, you know, when your head coach is D'Amico Ryans and, and you got two defensive players sitting there who could be generational talents, um, specifically the edge guy from Alabama, I mean, I think it's going to be really difficult for D'Amico to look at that kid and be like, I got Jerry Hughes on one side, the former Bill was really good, and then I put this guy on the other side. And then that's that's going to change the identity of this team, and it's going to be really good. I just think that's going to be tough for D'Amico to pass. So, so a quarterback not going second it wouldn't surprise me as much as it would some others. But but you know then then you get to the these lions, you know, to tumultuous and and mercurial as they are right now, and and quite honestly enigmatic because the way you laid it out, Brian, they just you know they get all this hype and they just they can't get out of their own way, you know, when everybody's on them. Uh, with this gambling thing, but um, they, they got a couple in like the top 15. Uh, if they hit on two defensive linemen with those picks and, and not just take them, but hit on them uh, with Aiden Hutchinson uh, and, and the two free agent corners they brought in will be healthy and they're both physical and good. Uh, then they're on their way. I mean, they're, they're, they're not just good. They're on their way, you know, to, to potentially big things. And then you get to us and um, you know, Minnesota has five draft picks and, um, you know, there are several needs all up and down the thing. So, I mean, if this really is a rebuild with talent, you know, kind of the way Kwesi Adolfo Mensa lays it out, you know, we have a quarterback with whom you can win. Uh, you got Jefferson, you got Hawkinson, and then you got Darisaw and O'Neal. Okay, so you, you can make a lot of money with players like that. Uh, but still, there are a lot of needs and only five picks. I mean, if they don't trade back from 23, I'd be flabbergasted. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they did multiple trades trade, uh, trades, right into the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, I'm not saying we won't have a first-round pick, but, I mean, if they don't, it's not going to bowl me over. Hey, PA, that's a, that leads me into the question I've been wanting to ask you since Brian said, hey, he's coming on. So the – the Vikings really have two mouths here right now because Flores is new. His defense is so uber aggressive. You got to feed him players, right? But O'Connell seems that if you gave him some additional things to play with, that he would uh, he could really make do with with maybe some unique players. What do you see as the priority? How how do they even start deciding what to do? Yeah, I like the way you frame that up because um, I actually this morning. 
um, b- before I had a, an obligation, S- started working on some players with whom Brian Flores did good things on defense at his previous stops. And there's a lot of anonymity. And, and, and the reason I, I frame it up like that is because, you know, I've heard several times that Brian's very good at manipulating things with players that are not perceived superstars are very good and, and still making things happen in key times. Um, so, so therefore with that, with that said, uh, the, the belief would be that there are players on the team who are expected to be better than what we've seen because of this, the way this guy runs defense. And, and I think the, the first one that comes to mind for me is Cam Bynum and, and maybe DJ Wadham. DJ really fell off last year. So curious to see what's up with him, but you know, three safety stuff like that. Okay. So now with five picks, man, you got to get that thing up to seven or eight um, or, or preferably six or seven for sure. So if the if the draft is as deep in corners as everybody says it is, and I, I truly believe it is, uh, well then that means you got to get a couple of those or one of those, you know, somewhere maybe deeper. But you got to be right. So like in 2020, the greatest wide receiver draft in the history of the NFL, the Chicago Bears got a cat named Darnell Mooney in the fifth round, and Darnell can really really play. That's what we need to do. Somebody like Jarrell Smith from the Golden Gophers in the fourth or fifth round, and and then the guy probably will have to play a little bit. Now, around that, I'm a fan of of finding your way to four defensive tackles who can rush the quarterback even just a little. All right, whether we draft two, and then you really, really pay a lot of money for two college free agents who may have some baggage or there may may have been some injuries or something, but you got to roll the dice here with this because we're stuck with pass rush in the middle and, and fans should be sick of this team being stuck with defensive tackles who can't rush the quarterback. I mean, Harrison, Harrison Phillips is a wonderful two down player against the run and he has a little wiggle. Dean Lowry is going to help as a defensive end for sure. Um, however, really, since since Tom Johnson or Sharif Floyd back to Kevin Williams, man, I'm not kidding you. We we have not had a really good guy at that spot. So if you let's just do it by numbers, man. You know, if you draft two and one works out mostly, cool. Then raise him the way Flores needs him raised. But you got to start getting some pop from that spot. That that is absolutely my a topic in this draft. It's really tough, too, because some of these leagues with their spread out offenses, you see good numbers from defensive tackles, but they just can't duplicate it when you start facing NFL offenses. Um, quick question. The, um, we, we, Heldon Hooker is one of the kids that brought this question to mind, uh, PA. What, what trait are college kids coming in with right now that the NFL kind of is frustrated that they have to coach out of them? You know, you talk about this weird offense that Hooker ran. And that's the one thing you keep hearing is that, okay, he might be fine, but we're going to take a full year to coach it out of him. What kind of things are coaches looking at when they look at college and saying, okay, we got this guy, but we're going to have to coach this out of him? Well, well, they're, they're always going to, to yield to those who played in, in what's known as a pro-style offense in college. So, therefore, a lot of the, a lot of the Big 12 spread out you know, the, the hash marks are so wide in college football, you can really manipulate the field by using the hash marks and putting speedy guys on the strong side of the field to give them more room to uh, roam. So, so that's, you know, that's a, an underrated major difference with uh, the tra- transitioning to the NFL when it comes to quarterbacks and skill players. Now, you know, this Will Levis kid from, from uh, Kentucky, my gut feeling is I think he's going to be okay. Um, I, I think he's gifted. I think he's smart, and I think he's a born leader. But 
with what Jalen Hurts is doing, what Patrick Mahomes has done, and you know, you Lamar to a certain extent, you, you get these quarterbacks where you know it, it's it's really really segueing to if you don't have a guy who can move, doesn't have to be a run guy, a straight run Lamar Jackson Mike Vick guy. But you got to be able to move, and and if they need sixty yards in an individual game from the quarterback, they want to be able to get it. And Bryce Young could be that, C.J. Stroud could be that, the UCLA kid could be that. I think, you know, so there are quarterbacks like that. Uh, but that's the way it's going um, because in it, it's it's you know, granted the copycat league bit is super cliche, but it's super true. Right. And you know the the way the way teams are manipulating these games with quarterbacks who can move. Aaron Rodgers is, is probably my all time favorite when it comes to this example, because, you know, when, when, when Aaron had more tread on the tire, you know, and I I may have said this to you guys before into these games, but I mean, when Aaron breaks the pocket, man, look out because he's sneaky fast. He's very smart. And they're looking for quarterbacks like that who can break the pocket, do a couple of pumps and if you make a mistake, you get beat for 70. But if you don't respect it, he gets 14. And, and so that's, that, that's what's coming in waves. I agree with that. As much as I want to dislike Aaron Rodgers, you do have to respect that ability. But, PA, I'm glad you started talking about NFL-proven players because if you haven't noticed, I've let Dave have the mic quite a bit because he loves the draft. I don't do that much research on it. I'm more into the proven players, of course. But you mentioned multiple trades could happen. Now, last week, Dave Cook declared he didn't think Zadarius or Delvin survived the draft as Vikings. Do you think they do? Uh, it's an excellent question. Um, I think one of them has to be traded uh, simply because I just don't think, financially speaking, uh, it's, it's feasible to expect both of them to return. So the, the local team is, is in a precarious position. Uh, in fact, it's a conundrum because – teams know that you're probably going to move one or both of them. So you're, you're not going to get truly what they're worth. You know, the Zedarius Smith, uh, Zedarius Smith situation, you know, that, that, that's kind of working on my nerves a little bit because like, you know, Dalvin's been here all his career and Dalvin's been an upstanding citizen, a very, very good player. And he had that problem, you know, a couple of years ago, but nevertheless, outside of that, Dalvin's been terrific around here. Um, now, with Zadarius, I'm not saying that he hasn't been an upstanding citizen because he has, but I mean, you know, the, the Vikings rolled the dice big time on Zadarius Smith off that back injury. First half of the season, he was comeback player of the year, wasn't even close. And then what happened second half of the year, whatever. But then right at the end of the year, man, for him to be like, my house is gone and I want out, you know, I'm, I'm like, well, what about, you know, the three year deal they gave you with the bad back? <laughs> I mean, how come you weren't, you know, how come the team wasn't out at that moment? They weren't. They wanted you. So I don't like the way that's going because I, I do believe in my heart, if you throw the right amount of cash at Zadarius, he will come back. But, you know, when he comes back, they'll, so this time it's going to be like, okay, you really mean it this time that you're not going to sell your house and you're not going to say you want to leave. And, you know, and then granted there were some injuries involved with it, but, you know, it's not going to fall off the way it did. I just, that, that whole situation leaves me a little cold. My last question then is this. Uh, high weight speed, this used to be a big man's game, but now you're starting to see all these uh, really small or smaller receivers uh, and linebackers, frankly, uh, who are out there. And, and one of the names that I've heard uh, talked to about the Vikings because of O'Connell's skill of being creative is Tank Dell out of Houston. But he's smaller than most, you know, than most seniors in high school. Mm. What do we do with the smaller wow. players? 
Uh, that's that. I like uh, that's a really good point because you know the two, two, three of the four receivers that they have right now that they're, they're all diminutive. I mean, KJ Osborne, I guess, is an average size guy, but Brandon Powell and Jalen Rager are exactly what you're talking about. Uh, and and you know when it comes to the Vikings and and drafting receiver, I honestly I just don't see it happening. I mean, unless there's something they love on Saturday, like this, exactly like what you're talking about, where they feel they can get a trick and play games with it and put pressure on Rager or Brandon Powell. Now, you know, Brandon Powell's going to be this team's punt returner. He's really good at that. But Brandon's very fast, but he's never going to be a four-catch, 60-yard, two-touchdown-a-game guy. But with Powell and Rager and Osborne and Jefferson and Hawkinson, um, I, I mean, I think they might be set there, honestly, unless somebody comes in and and beat somebody out of a job. But, um, you know, this, this Josh Oliver, uh, the Josh, this Josh Oliver, this, this uh, free agent from Baltimore, th- there's more to it than just line up next to the tackle and block, catch two passes a game, and just be that guy. I mean, this, I'm hoping they use this guy as like the Vikings version of Kyle Juszczyk, and I think that would change some things too. That would be excellent. I'll tell you this. I want the Vikings to draft Tank Dell because we could finally be accused of tanking for draft picks and embrace it. Nice. Very nice. I think that'd be a good fit. Yeah, but the last time last time we tanked for something, it was the safety named Tank Williams and the whole ball yeah. season and past defense tanked. <laughs> I was going to say, that was the draft that we wish we couldn't have got the card up there in time. PA, enjoy the draft. We always enjoy you. Let's talk again soon. Right, Thanks for putting up with all my text during yep. the week. That's all good, brother. God bless you guys. And Thanks, have a PA. good show. You as well. That is our guy, P.A. Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings. When we come back, we open the show talking about playoffs. There's a local team having playoff success. We'll have their coach when we come back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Stick around. Our musical tribute to Prince continues. As you know, our exit song every week is. It's been fun listening to the music today. We've said we've been guilty of letting it go a little long because we just enjoy it. Yeah, 100%. It's not just, we're not just doing a, you know, a, a, a day full of just any artist. We got guys who, we got a guy who plays long play music. So we got what we're going to do. Absolutely. And we're even getting shout outs on Twitter for our music today. Not necessarily our sports content, but our music today. <laughs> we are the Northland Sports Page, Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. We opened the show talking about Minnesota playoff success or lack thereof. But we focused on we've got it in hockey right now. And it's not just the Minnesota Wild. In fact, you could take Wild and add a little bit more to that name and you'd be spot on. Yeah, 100%. The Wilderness are back at it today uh, or back at it, you know, now with... Uh, Big with win last night. Huge win last night. The You know, Brian, you and I have talked in the past because I was involved in the Clydesdales when they were here and, and how you either win or you're local and you draw. And the cra- the really cool thing about the, the Wilderness, wilderness are doing both. they're doing both. They and, are. And there are so many people that I know that are out, you know, west of us who just live and die on this team, you know, the, the kids especially. You know, if you're a junior hockey team and you're good with kids, that helps a ton. And I can tell you firsthand that they're great with the kids. Absolutely. So let's talk to one of the masterminds behind it all. The coach, Brett Skinner, joins us. Brett, first of all, big win last night. Congratulations on that. I'm going to give you the floor to start. Break it down for us. Good win. Sounded like you trailed, but don't blink because you got it done right after that. 
Yeah, I guess uh, when it comes to playoffs, there's no such thing as a, a bad win. So we were definitely uh, we were definitely happy with the outcome. Um, you know, the, the first period, I thought we we came out strong, carried possession. They they have a they have a good team. They have a, a good goalie, and um, you know that that playoff kind of anxiety early, where maybe you're feeling yourself uh, feeling each other out uh, a little bit, and then they. Um, you know, capitalized on, on a, a breakdown in our D zone, but just uh, the response we had as a team, we came out the next shift and um, kind of led by our 20 year old captain, Gunnar Thorson uh, was able to, to quickly respond. And I think for some of maybe our young guys or even some of our guys that, that don't have as much junior playoff experience, uh, calming effect and, um, you know, it continued to be a, a battle, but um, I liked our possession game. Um, I thought we had good territory in the offensive zone and uh, were able to capitalize on a power play opportunity after that, which has been, um, you know, a strength of our team all year. And uh, obviously in playoffs, uh, special teams are critical and we're able to ice it six on five against with an empty netter. So overall, a really good team win for the, the first game of the playoffs. Absolutely. Now, Dave mentioned that you're local and you're drawing people, and that's great. But I want to draw more people. That's what doing things like this hopefully does. There are listeners out there that you know want to jump on a winner. We are tongue-in-cheek about Minnesota sports success, especially at the pro level. But the Minnesota Wilderness are having success. If folks want to check you out, walk us through the remaining schedule of this series and hopefully beyond. Yeah, so we play uh, tonight at 7.15. I, I think you'll walk up to the gate or, or go online and buy tickets, and kids under 12 are free. Um, I think it's going to be a fun environment. Um, so just because we're playing Alaska team, it's a little bit um, of, a, of a different schedule because they're guaranteed at least one game. So with our win last night, we will have to go up to Alaska next weekend. And then we have, um, because we have home ice advantage, if we win tonight, um, there's no – game Sunday because they would they would get that game three up in Alaska and then they would get the last three games if we lose tonight there will be a game three here tomorrow Sunday at 5 15 um, same pricing and, and availability for tickets and all that stuff so it's just with the um, you know the Alaska team otherwise it would go two two one for the home ice advantage but um, you know we're excited about tonight obviously from what I can tell it's going to be a good turnout and uh, we hope uh, anyone who's available and, and wants to come out and watch some some good hockey uh you know playoff action it's just a fun time of year you see it obviously on tv with the nhl and i think the the wild are in a really good playoff uh battle right now themselves and you get a, a feel for that live here uh in the in the local area of uh you know playing a really tough opponent here at home and some exciting playoff action coach many people you know cheer for the jerseys but so many people come and cheer for the name on the back right they're friends, the family, the people they've followed on the, on the broadcasts or on the news. Tell us, tell our, our listeners, tell us a little bit about some of the players we should, uh, we should come and watch. Yeah. So, you know, starting in that, um, a guy who's, he set uh, the most wins for a goalie in a season, Isaac Posh. He's a St. Cloud state commit playing the USHL last year. He's a Swedish kid. He's had a really good year for us. Uh, Gunnar Thorson I already brought up. Uh, he's an Andover kid. This is his third year on the team and uh, where's a captain for us. Uh, you know, I think he's most games played ever in the wilderness organization and second most points ever. Um, a really good player up front. A, a couple uh, sneaky, sneaky guys in the back end. I think our decor is really strong. Michael Quinn had a really good year for us. Max Watt a Swedish kid. And then we have Bo Janzig, who's a Hermantown kid. 
Um, it was it was at a really he's more of a defender, so I, I think he ended up with 24, 25 points, which is actually quite a good year for defense in this league. But at the same time, um, you know the steps that he's taken defensively to become a really really good defender in this league. Right. Uh, you know, in my opinion, just being in my sixth year of junior hockey, I think has been quite impressive with his development. Uh, another guy in the back end, he's Bemidji uh, commit uh, Gustav Zolzalens played in the world juniors with latvia he was captain of the latvian world junior team at christmas um really talented player um sawyer shoals of wisconsin commit and then we have kevin marks noren who led our team in goals and points he was tied for the league leading goals he had 33 goals he broke the the team record for most goals in a season uh really talented forward so we we, we definitely have some talent there I'd, I'd say probably the strength of our team overall though is the consistency through the lineup. I don't think there's a drop off so drastically anywhere. Obviously, Kevin, you know, had a you know the most points in our team, but after him, it was very consistent as far as production, even on the back end. I think uh, you know all our de- defensemen can get up and down the ice and make plays. So that's probably the strength of our team is our uh, consistency through our lineup. Consistency is a virtue, especially in the playoffs. But talk about the consistency of this season and when did you find it? Because it was just before the regular season opener that kind of voila, you became promoted to head coach and took over, but obviously it's gone well. Talk about the ride that you've been on just this season alone, even in year six of junior hockey for you. Yeah, I think, um, you know, coming from the USHL as an assistant coach and then coming here and getting the hand, hand of the reins as the head coach, I think there were some challenges with the turnover that they had last season. I don't think it's ever uh, really a problem to have when you have too many good players the year before and you turn them over. That's part of the job. You want these kids to, to move on to either college or, or potentially even the USHL if it's a good fit for them. I think that, um, you know, that's the job. You want to make kids better. And they had 11 kids um, besides the ones that aged out that went on to the USHL, which is extraordinarily high. Um, so there wasn't a ton inherited. Um, you know, so there, there's a real kind of building mentality that we had early in the year. I will say we started 0-3, but I liked our process early in the year. I thought um, if we could add some pieces that um, there was a foundation for a good team. Um, I, I thought in the first half of the year, especially we were a team that defended well, maybe struggled to put the puck in the net a little bit, and we continued to kind of add to our forward group and um, kind of develop the players. I think we had a commitment to skill sessions off the ice that uh, we're working on um, things that would, would help the kids put the puck in the net, and that continue to improve in addition to adding some bodies. And, um, you know, like any team, we have some injuries in the midseason, and um, a little bit of, of junior hockey is timing of when you play teams. But overall, I think uh, by the end of the year, we found some consistency in our game, which uh, allowed us to put us in a position to be in second place, um, you know, with home ice advantage anyways in the first round, and, and overall very happy with the season. So, Coach, one more time in about 30 seconds or less because we're up against it to close the show, but the journalistic part, the who, what, when, where, why, big game tonight. Again, tell folks how to take it in. Yeah, we got 7.15, puck drop. Going to be a good show, big crowd. Uh, uh, Tickets are at the gate uh, for walk-up. Kids under 12 for free. And uh, uh, make sure if you bump into Boyce, you say hi, and I'm sure he'll uh, he'll give you, uh, you know, uh, good advice on the game. So make sure you're, you're... Showing up tonight, cheering us on, and uh, should be exciting action. Gotta love that. We appreciate the action you gave us to close the yeah, show today. Perfect. Good luck. Minnesota hockey in the playoffs can't beat it. We appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Coach. Absolutely. Coach Skinner of the Minnesota Wilderness, they are leading their playoff series. The Minnesota Wild, they are leading their playoff series. 
Go wild, go wilderness. Dave Cook, when it comes to you and I, we just got to go. Yeah, it's time, Brian. Let's go. It's been a fun one. On behalf of my partner, Dave Cook, I am Brian Prudhoe. Musical tribute to Prince. Our tribute to you each week is the Northland Sports Page. We're back next Saturday. We'll talk to you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.